All right, all right. So have you ever hoped in something? Have you ever gotten your hopes up for something and it faltered? It, it didn't get your way. If you, how many of you, raise your hand if you have a favorite sports team? Raise your hand, any team. All right, most people have a favorite sports team. Put your hands down. How many of you would call yourself a Jags fan? Be proud, be proud, raise your hand. So for all of those, yeah, go Jags. So for all of those raising your hand, you have had your hopes up for something and been disappointed, right? You've gotten your hopes up that a team would win and it didn't happen. Uh, you've had your hopes up. Uh, Jags fans have had their hopes up for their entire team existence, that they would go to the Super Bowl. It's never happened. They have lost, uh, lost that out on that hope. But we've all had hopes, um, some trivial, some big, that have fallen apart. Um, how many of you ever heard, have, heard, have ever heard of Power Wheels? Power Wheels, anybody? Okay, good. So let me show you a picture of Power Wheels. This is a picture of Power Wheels. Now, now you're getting with me. This is uh, the original. Uh, there were two back in the 90s. Uh, the 90s were a, uh, a time before you were born. Um, it was a decade before you were born, but it existed. It was when I was growing up. And the 90s had two types of Power Wheels. It had the red one for the boys, and then it had a version that was exactly the same, except it had like Barbie faces all over it. And that was for uh, the girls. And, uh, and Power Wheels were amazing. They were connected to a 12-volt battery, which is under the hood. Um, and the cool thing about these, they had like the flip-down... Uh, windshield, just like Jeep Wranglers. It's got the little uh, windshield wipers, except you had to like twist them for them to work. Um, it was a two-seater, so you could take a friend um, or special someone, and then you could lift the hood, like these little guys right here, you would take them off just like on a real Jeep Wrangler, and inside, instead of seeing like a V8 engine, you would see a little battery. It was kind of disappointing, but these things were amazing. They went like three miles an hour, um, unless you were going down a steep driveway, and then they could go a little bit faster. And that's what, like, if you ever had a Power Wheels, that's what you attempted to do, was like try to find some type of hill um, to go down. So my hope, my entire childhood, was that I would get this toy, this, this thing. Because like driving, when you're not able to drive, how many of y'all are with me on this, like is the most amazing thing ever. I remember like I could not sleep for like months before I got my driver's license. I thought it was an amazing thing. And this is like the next best thing uh, before like go-karts to, to having um, your driver's license was driving around uh, Power Wheels. And now they make them in like everything. They got like Escalades and F-150s and like Corvettes and Dodge Chargers and all kinds of stuff. But in the day, they only had the two. And I, and I wanted this. I asked for it every Christmas, every birthday. I asked for the, G, uh, the Jeep Wrangler Power Wheels. My hopes were in this. And every year, my birthday went by on August 29th. Christmas went by on December 25th. And no Power Wheels. Never got it. Never got it. It got really bad. I moved to Tampa and I was like nine or 10 years old. And my little sister, Lindsay, had a friend that had one of these. And he was like four or five, which is about the age you're supposed to be to fit into it, especially to fit two people in it. And so I'd get myself, my nine-year-old, 10-year-old self, and I'd go over to his house and I'd be like, hey, can I play with the Power Wheels? And he'd be like, aren't you like 10? And I'd be like, yeah, but I'll figure it out. So I'd be getting into it and I'd kind of do one of these, like I was doing like a yoga pose so that I could fit and, and drive the car. And I'd be driving it around thinking I was cool. And people were like, man, you're like 10 years old. And, 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 um, and I just loved to, because that was like the next best thing. I just had to use um, my sister's friend's power wheels. Um, but the story kind of gets worse because a couple of years ago, my, uh, or a couple months ago, my aunt, Aunt Wanda, and some of you have wondered, there's a life group leader for uh, 10th grade girls. You wonder like, why do we all call her Aunt Wanda? Like, why is she our aunt? It's because she's my aunt and we all called her Aunt Wanda. And then everybody else was just like, yeah, Aunt Wanda. So uh, Aunt Wanda was talking to my parents. My, my Aunt Wanda is my dad's sister. And so they, they grew up together. And, uh, and, she, and they were having a conversation a couple months ago and I was at the house and all of a sudden, my, my ears perk up because I hear them say, well, what about when Grandmommy and Granddaddy Sweat wanted to get Power Wheels for Ryan? And I was like, 
a second. I never got Power Wheels for my birthday or for Christmas. Let me listen to this conversation. And I hear them talk about it. And my mom says this, like this just like dashed my hopes and dreams. I like ripped a new hole in me, even though I'm 31 years old. This is what she said. Well, they offered to get it for him, but I said that was too expensive. And furthermore, that he needed a toy that he could get exercise on. And so I never got one of these because I have like one of those educational moms. It's like, oh, it's all gotta be like, it's all gotta help you be a better person. And I had like the pedal car, which was great, but it just wasn't as cool as a 12 volt battery. And, and then it gets even worse because a couple of weekends ago, as many of you know, I, ha- I have a daughter now and she's, uh, I don't know, two months old and her name's Sinclair. And I hear my mom, my mom, the same mom from the last conversation say, yeah, in a couple of years, I'm gonna get her power wheels. And I was like, oh, no, 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 we're not doing this. But then I realized I wanna be a loving parent, unlike my mom. And I am going to offer her, I am going to offer Sinclair what I was not able to have because I wanna, I wanna just improve the next generation. And so one day, uh, my little daughter's gonna be driving around in one of these guys and, uh, and I'll probably be 35 years old trying to get in it with her. But um, that was my hope. That was what I got my hopes up for, and they got dashed. But as we talk about a new hope tonight, and as we start this series called On, On God, and uh, apparently it's a song, Post Malone, he's a, he's a great philosopher, and it's a nice Christian song, if you've ever heard it. Um, I'm joking, it's not. But it's, it's called On God, and you would say it to be, uh, I kind of learned about it this summer in Albany, and you would say it to be like, On God, On God, like uh, I'm gonna be there, On God, whatever, like I swear to God. And this whole series is gonna be, called On God. And what it's talking about is that we put our trust on God. We put our hope on God. And so that's what we're going to be talking about for the next four weeks. Um, So let's pray together and we'll continue. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for loving us. We thank you um, that you give us hope. And we thank you um, that you are trustworthy and loving. I thank you for each and every person in this room. Some Some people are here for the very first time. Some people have not been here for a long time and they're back. Some people have been here 100, 150 times. Um, Lord, but I thank you for each and every person in this room. No matter what they believe, no matter what they've uh, been experiencing for the last week or or, or what they're going through right now, Lord, I pray that you would speak to each of us, that you would um, move past our phones and our distractions and what's coming up tomorrow, what happened last week, and that you would just focus us on you, that we would hear from you, not from me, not from someone else on stage, but that we would hear straight from a God who loves us. We ask us, we ask all these things in your holy name. Amen. Amen. So what is hope? What is hope? A lot of times we say, um, I hope this happens. I hope she likes me. I hope he likes me. I hope my parents say yes. I hope I can go there Friday night. I hope that I get an A. I hope that I get like a D. I hope um, that I, for some of y'all, I hope that uh, I hope that I get to go on vacation or a cruise. I hope that I get into this college. I hope that I get into that college. I hope I make the team. I hope um, this works out for me. I, I hope ninth grade is, is better than eighth grade. I, I just hope, I hope, I hope. And a lot of times we use this word, I hope, kind of like I wish. Like, oh, it's probably not going to happen, but I hope I hope the Jags go to the Super Bowl. I hope I, hope I, I make a million dollars. I win the lotto one day. I, I hope, I hope, I hope. And we use it kind of like it's, it's probably not gonna happen. But here's how we're gonna define hope. Here's, here's the definition for hope. Hope is the anticipation for something to happen. Hope is the anticipation for something to happen. It's the excitement for something to happen. What this means is hope has a chance of happening. Hope is not like, it's different than I wish. I I wish is not the same as I hope. I hope, you hope in something that is reliable. It's an anticipation. So so you're hoping for, you're you're like, you're looking forward to something that's going to happen or probably going to happen. You don't hope in things that are really never gonna happen because that's not reliable. We put our hope in something that is reliable. And there's a difference between hoping 
for something and hoping in something. So you can hope for anything. You can, you can, you can say, man, I hope for, for, the, for, for, for uh, this person to like me or for me to go to this college or get this job or whatever. Um, I can, you can hope for something, but that's, very, that's kind of like a weak thing. Hoping in something is far, far different. Uh, another way you could look at the hoping in something is, in, is kind of like the term trust. To hope in something is to trust in it. You, you believe that it will come through. You believe that it will ha- help you. You believe that it will make you happy. You believe that it will make a situation better or a circumstance better or school or family or whatever. You believe, you trust, you hope in that thing. So we can hope for anything and, and whether it's, ha- it's going to happen or not, but we hope in very strong things. We put our hope in things that we really believe will change our life, that will really impact our lives for the better. We put our hope in those things. That is what hope is. It's the anticipation for something to happen. Now, why is hope important? Why is hope important? You might say, oh, it's kind of like a weak word. Again, hoping in something is a lot stronger than just hoping for something. So why is hope important? What we hope for affects the way we live. It affects the way we talk. It affects the way we act. It affects the way uh, our relationships are. It affects who we date. It affects uh, the way we treat our family, how we do school. Like, it, it affects everything, what we hope in. Hope has power. Hope has a lot of power. Um, there have been scientific studies that have shown that when someone gets a, a diagnosis, uh, let, let's say of cancer, um, and, and it's somewhat treatable and they're going to begin treatment on it, if they have hope that they are going to get better, they are more likely to get better than the person that has no hope. Now, this doesn't mean you get stage five cancer, there's, no, there, there's like no treatment, and you just say, I'm going to hope really hard, and it's just going to happen. It, it might, but, but when someone has a treatable um, illness, and they hope for it, they have an optimistic viewpoint for it, they hope that they are going to get better, they have a better chance of getting better than the person that's like, I'm done. You might as well bury me. Go ahead and kill me. I'm done. Like, I'm not going to live. This is over. I have no hope. See, hope has power. It affects the way we live and the way we think. Um, many of you know I went to, to Florida State, um, go Knowles, and, uh, and um, I went there from 2004 to 2008. So um, many of you, for those of you in high school, middle school, you don't know a world where Miami or Florida has ever beaten Florida State. Like that, that's not a world that you are in. We've beaten the Gators four years in a row, six out of seven. We've beaten Miami seven years in a row. Like you don't know that world, but there was a dark day. There was a dark time, and it was when I was in college, and we lost every single year to the Gators. It's what, known, what is known as the Tim Tebow era. Tim Tebow, you know about Tim Tebow, this, this kind of whole thing. So Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow was a powerful, uh, a powerful um, person in this rivalry, and Tim Tebow dominated Florida State every single year. The, they, they beat, they beat uh, Florida State six times in a row. And the last three of those times, Tim Tebow never lost to Florida State. The last three times, they absolutely destroyed us. And I've been to the, the Florida Florida State game 11 out of the last 13 years. And I, I went to all those games. And, and I remember like I drive home, um, I'd leave my home uh, early on Thanksgiving to get back to Tallahassee to go to the game. I remember one year in particular, I think it was 2009. And it was like, I was going home, I was going to the game just because uh, like I really... I wanted to be there. I wanted to watch a game. It's a, it's a huge rivalry. It's like my favorite rivalry. It's an amazing thing. Just see the garden and the gold and the orange and the blue on the same field. And, and, and I go and, and I had no hope. Like I went to the game and I was like, yeah, maybe we'll win. But like, I really didn't believe in any way that we had any shot at winning. And we're out here just like steady kicking field goals from 60 yards away. And Tim Tebow's just like running into the end zone. He's got like paint, paint all over his face. And he looks like he's like a warrior and he's just dominating everybody on the field. And he's throwing to all these guys and they're just killing us. And I'm like, and, I, and 
it was like a downpour that day. Downpour. It was just raining, and I'm soaked, and I'm with my friend. I'm like, why did we come back for this? We lost like 45 to 12, and it was just like, man, this is awful. Our program has no hope. And going to a game where you had no hope really kind of put a damper on things because it's just, it's, it's, it's a downer to have no hope, to feel like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is pointless. This, this, we have no chance. There's, there's nothing to it. See, there's power and hope. For instance, if you were to put your hope in stuff, we'll say cars, homes, clothes, uh, possessions, money, we'll just call that stuff. If you put your hope in stuff, it changes the way you live. See, if you put your hope in stuff, you are going to work for stuff. Not work for, for, for pleasure or not work because you, you, you get meaning out of it. You're going to work just for money so that you can get more stuff. It's going to affect the way you act towards that stuff. You're going to protect your stuff. You're going to value your stuff. You are going to choose your stuff over activities. You're going to choose your stuff over people. Maybe you have a, a mom or a dad or a friend that has chosen stuff over you. It doesn't, doesn't feel so good when, when they say, oh, no, 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 don't touch that. Don't touch that. Don't go into that room. You don't belong in there. Don't go into the garage. Don't mess with my tools. Don't mess with my car. Don't mess with my computer. You don't touch that. That's an example of someone valuing stuff over people. See, that's what someone who puts their hope in stuff does. They put, they put their value, they put everything into stuff. They rely on their stuff. And what happens when they lose their stuff? They're crushed. What happens when something like what just happened last week comes through and their home and their stuff is messed up and it's gone? Their hope is gone because they put all their hope and their trust and their stuff and their stuff was destroyed and now they have nothing because that's all that mattered to them. See, your hope is very important. Your hope is very powerful. So I'll ask you this question. What do you put you're hoping. What do you put your hope in? Psalm 62, 5 through 8. And you can see the, the words on the screen. Psalm 62, 5 through 8 is, uh, uh, is a poem, a song, uh, a writing, a journal entry of a guy named King David. Many of you have heard of him. And he writes these psalms um, to just express, like, this is what's going on in my life. This is what's happening in my world right now. And he's, he, he has this writing, and it's a, it's a super long book. He doesn't write all of them, but he writes most of them. And in Psalm 62, he talks about hope. He talks about hope. Here's what he says. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. Find rest in God. Here's what he's saying. He's like, I, I believe that God will give rest to my soul. Like every day, my emotions, my center, my well-being feels like I've just gotten 12 or 13 hours of sleep. Like I've slept until one. Like I am fully rested. That's, that's what my soul feels like in God. And then he continues, my hope comes from him. My hope comes from God. See, David put his hope in God. David was a king. David had money. David had women. David had power. David had authority. David was a great fighter. He had done amazing things. He had a reputation. He had done it all. And yet he said, my hope does not come from all that. My hope comes from God. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He's what I lean on. He's what I sit upon. He is what steadies my life. He is what saves me. He is my fortress. When I want to be protected, I don't go to my money. I don't go to my, my girls. I don't go to my family. I don't go to anything but my God. And I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. See, I'm saved by God. My honor comes from God. God. 
My honor doesn't come from the fact I'm the king. My honor doesn't come from the fact I can kill people and nobody questions me. My honor doesn't come from the fact that I have women or I have money or I have possessions or clothes. My honor comes from God. It depends on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him. So now he's going to stop talking about himself and he's going to talk to us. He says this, trust in him at all times, you people. He's talking to you right now. He's talking to me right now. Trust in him at all times, David says. Pour out your hearts on him, for God is our refuge. See, David was a man who put his hope in God. Now, David was not a perfect man. He did things that would make us blush. He did things that we, uh, you, would, you would think we shouldn't even talk about in church. But he was a man that was described as a man after God's own heart. He was a man that had hope in the right place. He put his hope in God. He put his hope in God. He anticipated that God would do something Amazing. And, and all throughout Psalms, we see that, where he says, I mean, this is, I'm in the worst position of my life. I am in a pit. Lions are around me. Everything's going wrong. People are trying to kill me, but my hope is in the Lord. There were, uh, the, the people of Israel, um, the, the whole deal about God and the people of Israel was that he chose Israel and he showed his, his love and his grace to them. And, and he makes this people and he promises this man, Abraham, and he says, you are going to be a mighty nation. One day you're going to be a mighty nation and you're not even going to really, really see it, but you're going to be a mighty nation. And he continues um, and, and, and they go throughout the history. They, they get entrapped by Egypt and then he leads them out. He says, let my people go. He leads them out along with Moses. He talks to them. He speaks to them. He leads them into this land. He dominates the people in front of them and then they, they stray away from him. They stop putting their hope in God. They put their hope in their, their power and their might. But then there were these prophets. They talked about one day things will be different. One day things will be different. And then for 400 years, there was silence. The people of Israel didn't hear from God. They didn't see angels. They didn't have prophets. They were a beaten up people. They had, no, they had rulers that were over them, other, the Romans and the Babylonians and all this stuff. And then we see at the beginning of Matthew and the beginning of Luke and the gospels that there are these people that still have hope in God. It says they were waiting for the Messiah. They, 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 everything was bad around them, but they still had hope because they knew that God was sending someone. Yeah, they hadn't heard from them. They hadn't seen them. They had no hope in the world, but they had hope in God's future for them. And when Jesus came onto the scene, their hopes were fulfilled. And you may say, well, that's great for David. That's great for the Israelites. That's great for the prophets, but it doesn't really have anything to do with me. Why should I hope in God? Why should we hope in God in 2017 in Jacksonville Beach, Florida? What, why should we hope in God? Why should we hope in God? Here's, here's what I want you to leave with. Hope in anything outside of God will let us down. Hope in anything outside of God will let us down. Let me give you examples. If you hope in your money and your stuff, again, what happens? When a storm comes through, what happens when someone steals it? What happens when it gets old? What happens when it gets broken? You have no hope anymore because you can't put hope in something that breaks. You can't put hope in something that someone can take. You can't put hope in something that gets old and that you don't want anymore. You can't put hope in money or stuff. There are, there are nations where when their nation goes under, their money is just paper. Their coins are just metal and it doesn't matter anymore. And they may have put all their hope, oh, I've got millions, I've got billions. And when their country fell apart, when the economy fell apart, boom, it's over. You, you got no hope anymore because those things cannot last. You may put your hope in relationships. 
Oh, Ryan, you don't know about my relationship. Woo, we've been going out for six weeks, and it is prime. Like, we are, we are the real deal. Yeah, we're in ninth grade, but we're going to make it the distance. We are going all the way, baby. We are going to be married one day. We've already talked about all the names of our kids. It is going to be amazing. My hope is in my girlfriend. My hope is in my boyfriend. And then you break up. And then where's your hope? You put all your hope in your parents, and then they divorce. Or they make mistakes. Or they mess up because they're just people, just like us. And then where is your hope? You put all your hope in a friend and they betray you. And this isn't to say we don't believe in relationships because that's what we're all about here is is having these godly, real relationships with each other. But the truth is people are imperfect and they mess up. And if you put your hope in them, you're going to lose your hope. And even if you do get married to them one day, they still can't be your hope. If I was Karen's hope, she would hate her life because I mess up and I say stupid things and I do stupid things and I'm selfish and I'm messed up. And, and if she put her hope in me, not her love because we love each other and all that kind of stuff, but if she put her ultimate hope in me, her life would suck because I cannot be her hope. Only God can be our hope. Maybe you put your hope in your achievements, school, college, all that kind of stuff. And what happens when you don't get in the college you want to? What happens when you don't get the grade you wanted to get? What happens when you don't get the 1,300 on the SAT? Well, that used to be good before they had the writing part. I don't know if they still have that. But like, what happens when you don't get the score you want on the testing? What happens when you don't make the team? What happens when you don't get into ACE? What happens when you don't uh, do well in AP classes and all that kind of stuff? What happens? If your hope is in school, it's going to let you down. If your hope's in college, it's going to let you down. I've seen people go off to the school of their dreams and come home defeated because it wasn't what they thought it was. It wasn't all that they hoped for. And if they put their hope in school and their hope in achievements, well, they lost all hope. But hope in God means we are trusting in him to come through. It doesn't mean we have all the questions and all the answers to the questions. It doesn't mean we've seen everything. It doesn't mean we know everything, but we are putting our trust, our hope in God to come through. In Deuteronomy 31 verse 6, um, God is talking to the people of Israel and they're, they're out of, uh, of Egypt and he's leading them around. And he says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them for the Lord, your God goes with you. He says, I'm going with you. And then he says these very, very important words, this, this great promise that is still for us today. He says, he will never leave you nor forsake you. He says, God will never leave you nor forsake you. Your stuff might break. But God will never leave you nor forsake you. Your parents might mess up, but God will never leave you nor forsake you. Your clothes might get old and out of style, but God will never leave you nor forsake you. Your friends may mess up, but God will never leave you nor forsake you. All else in the world may fail, but God will never leave you nor forsake you. See, that is why we should hope in God. Not because he's going to give us everything we want, because he won't. Not because you're going to be rich, because you might not. Not because everything's going to go your way once you start following Jesus, because it won't. It won't happen. Not because everybody's going to be nice to you all of a sudden, because, oh, I follow Jesus, so everybody should treat me like I'm special. No, that's not going to happen either. You're not going to get all A's. You're not going to make every team. You're not going to get all the jobs. You're not going to get everything you want, every guy and girl. Not all of that is going to happen. Some of it might, some of it might not. That's not what it means for God to be with you. What God says is in the storm, I will be with you. When things don't go your way, 
I will be with you. I understand what's going on. I understand what your thoughts are. You, you ever have one of those situations where you want to explain something to someone and you can't, you can't explain it? Like, you're just like, man, you just don't get it. Even your best friend, you, you don't understand what I'm feeling. You don't understand it, but God understands. And he will never leave you nor forsake you. He knows the situation and he will never leave you nor forsake you. I want to look at one more scripture. It's in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1. 1. And it says this. The writer says, Now faith is confidence in what we, what's that next word? Hope. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. And it is assurance about what we do not see. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This might be a, a kind of a tough sentence to break down, but here is what it is saying. Here's what it's saying. Your hope is connected to your faith. Your hope is connected to your faith. Your hope is connected to your faith. What you hope in is connected to your faith. In fact, what the the verse is saying, what the writer is saying is, your hope leads to faith. And if you have faith, it should give you hope. For those of you in this room that know Jesus, listen to me, listen to me. For those of you who are in this room and you've been a Christian for a while, maybe you've been a Christian for uh, two months or maybe you've been a Christian for for 10 years, your hope is connected to your faith. And some of you have a faith that is great and you have gotten to the point where your hope's not in Jesus anymore. You're like, yeah, 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 God's got my sin, but my hope's in my stuff, my hope's in my friends, my hope's in my school, my hope's in my family, my hope's in what I look like, my appearance, my reputation. And you've gotten to the point where, where your faith is here, but your hope is here. What the writer is saying, that's not really how it works. See, if your hope is in something else, your faith is in something else. But if your faith is in God, your hope should be in God as well. Your hope is connected to your faith. So for those of you who are Christians, maybe the, maybe there's tonight's just like a realignment for you. You started to hope in some other things. You started to hope in some things that will not last, that will let you down. And you need to just realign yourself and point yourself to God and hope in him. And then when the storms come and things happen to you, you will be on solid rock. Remember Jesus says that the the man who built his house on the rock, on God, the winds beat on his house, turmoil happened, people hurt him. He didn't get everything he wanted and yet he stood strong in the storm. And that should be believers. So maybe tonight you're a Christian and you just need to realign yourself and your hope to God. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. We don't have all the answers. We don't have the answers to all the questions. And some of you are sitting in here and you're like, "Eh, I'm not sure if I believe in this stuff. But I'm seeing this hope. I'm seeing the point. I'm seeing that I can hope in God maybe when I, when, I, when I can't hope in other things. And maybe it's next week, maybe it's at Epworth, maybe it's, it's later this semester, but you just need to take that hope and keep hoping in it and it will lead to faith. You just keep hoping in God and you're not even sure you believe in it. You can't see it, you can't hear it. The scripture talks about this. It says it's an assurance about what you cannot see and what you cannot hear. And you don't know all the answers, but you're gonna continue to hope. And that will lead to a place where you're ready to say, I'm ready to take the step of faith. I'm ready to step into 
and put my hope in, my eternity in, my trust in God. I have faith now, but it just starts with hope. And maybe you just need to say, "Ah, tonight, I'm just gonna start hoping. I'm just gonna start thinking about what it might look like to hope in God in my daily life, even if I'm not sure if I believe. And then there's a third group of you in this room. And you say, I'm on board. I I want to hope in Jesus, but I've never done it. I wanna put my hope in God. I wanna put my, my faith in God. I believe that Jesus is the son of God. I believe that Jesus is who he said he was. I believe that Jesus did what he says he did. I believe he went to the grave. I believe he rose again and he conquered death and he conquered my sins and he conquered the storms and he conquered the bad relationships and he conquered the misfortune and he conquered the people who hurt me and he conquered the times I hurt other people and he conquered all the idolatry and he conquered the sex and he conquered the drugs and he conquered everything. I believe in that and I'm ready to take a step. I'm ready to take a step of faith. I'm ready to turn that hope into faith. So what I wanna invite you to do tonight is to put your faith in Jesus. Maybe it's for the very first time. Maybe you've heard about God. Maybe you've kind of believed. Maybe you kind of stayed on the, on the sidelines. You come to, 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 to United every once in a while with your friends, but you're not all in. Maybe tonight's your night. Maybe you're ready to take that step of faith. And I wanna give you the opportunity to do that. So we're gonna bow our heads, close our eyes, and we're gonna say a prayer. And this prayer is not my special words. And it's not just, uh, you, you can't, Um, you can't only come to Christ in in this building or at church. You can't, um, it's not just about this place. It's not just about me being up here or a sermon or anything like that. We, We can make a decision at any time, but the Bible says in Romans 10, that if we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and we confess with our mouth that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. We believe in our hearts, we confess with our mouth. And so we are gonna pray a prayer. And if you are sitting in here and you're saying, I'm ready to take a step of faith. I'm ready to put my faith in Jesus for the first time. I'm ready to put my trust in Jesus for the first time. I'm ready to put my life on God. I wanna do that today. I'm gonna invite you to pray this prayer with me. Before we pray the prayer, I'm gonna invite you to raise your hand on the count of three. And I want you to remember the night, what is it? September 17th, 2017, when you rose your hand in a dark room and you said yes to Jesus. I want you to be sure because I want you to to not say, "Ah, I'm not really sure where I stand. I want you to know, I know I stand on Christ. I know I'm not perfect. I know I don't have it all together, but I remember putting my hand up and I remember praying a prayer and saying yes to God. And it was the beginning of an amazing, amazing journey. So on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand if that's you. And then pray this prayer with me. You can pray it aloud. You can pray it silently in your heart. It doesn't really matter. God knows you. God knows what you're thinking. God knows what you're believing. So on the count of one, God loves you. Two, put your hope and your faith in him. Three, raise your hand if that's you. Raise your hand if that's you. Raise it high. Raise it high. Keep it up if that's you. Maybe maybe you're feeling, oh, like, I don't want to raise my hand. I don't want to raise my hand. I want to give you a couple more seconds. Just raise your hand. If you're feeling that burning in your heart, you're feeling like, man, God's calling on me. I believe in God. I want to put my hope in God. I want to be changed. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I'm yours. I know I've messed up. I know I put my trust and my hope in things that that can't help me. I know I need a savior. Lord, I confess you are the son of God. You died for me my sins, for my mistakes. I ask for forgiveness. I want to put my hope and my faith in you. I want to put my life on God. Change me. 
deliver me. I want to follow after you. In your name we pray.